Welcome to episode number seven of the Slap the Ask show. We have another phenomenal guest on today. We have Rich X Million. His Twitter handle is at Rich, letter X, and then Million. Rich has been in the game for a very long time. He's a great trader, and we are extremely excited to have him on the show. Rich, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, hey, for thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. So I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, how did you initially get into trading and how did you, how were you able to make it a, a full-time career essentially? So first I uh, heard from my high school buddies after high school and they wanted to start trading and I wasn't really interested as much. I was in the middle of becoming a nurse and uh, I didn't think too much about it. I didn't know as much. And then after a while, after I was a nurse, I had a good friend of mine and he's like, Hey man, listen, you know, we can work all we want, but we're not going to make no real money doing this. And I kind of realized that as well. Um, even if I made $40 an hour, you know, you're paying fucking close to 50% in taxes if you're not married or don't have children. And um, at the end of the day, you know, it just it wasn't real freedom, real money. And the thing is, is even being in the medical field, I see it for the scam it was, you know, which being that, look, unless you're in a catastrophic event, you know, broken bones, shot, bleeding to death, our medical field is amazing. But when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, I was just a pill pusher. I was a drug dealer at the end of the day. I followed orders. The doctor said, give the patient this, this, and that. And that's what I did. And when it came to the food, the patients were eating. Wow. It's just really bad processed food. So my heart wasn't in it. And um, my soul wasn't in it. I just, I just wasn't in it, you know? So I, I left that field. I started trading stocks. Uh, me and my, my friend kind of got me into it for whatever reason. We were going to work as a team. Everyone was a newbie. There were four or five of us. But for whatever reason, couldn't be a part of it. So I went on my own. First stock I learned about was AMD. Being a gamer, you know, I used to play a lot of video games. And <laughs> at this time, AMD was $2 a share. And I didn't have the money to buy it. I was fucking broke, you know? So when I did end up buying AMD, it was at around $4. Made a profit off of it. And uh, that's how it started. Then eventually I discovered the OTC. Now, you know, I learned early on, the name of the game is return on investment. You know, Warren Buffett and this and that, you hear these quotes and most people that don't have a clue talking about, oh, you know, if you just make... You just make three, four percent a year, five percent, blah blah blah, ten percent. You know, you're doing really good, and by the time you're sixty, you'll be a millionaire. <laughs> My right. mindset always was the fuck it, that. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get this fucking money now in my twenties. You know, and right. um, and that's just that's just what it was. And then and then I just discovered the OTC, and seeing the beginning, <clears throat> in the beginning. When I, when I learned about stocks and the OTC, I believed all these news about, oh, they're doing this. This is real. Oh, dude, I used to get so passionate. You know, now I look at it as, uh, what a fucking scam turd. You know, I don't want to be a part of it. I'll trade it, but I'm not going to tweet about it. You know what I mean? I trade many stocks. Lately, I've been taking a break, but I've always traded many stocks. And I understood early on that, look, man, most folks like me, when I was working, you know, we don't have money to buy 10, 20 different fucking stocks, you know? 
So I would just go for one. And I, that's the only one I would tweet about or tell others about where I saw the least amount of dilution or no, you know, amazing share structure with the good news. And it was somewhat legit. So that's, that, that was my strategy, you know, one at a time trade others, but really hold one or two that had a lot of potential. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good strategy. And when I first started looking at the OTC, you're right. You see all these company tweets or whatever, just talk about how they're coming out this great new product, and new innovation. And it is all just a scam to sell more shares. You know, the, the owners of the stock, they want to get out and they want to cash in, dilute the stock more, whatever it may be. And it just, it's all a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> There's no way to put it. Um, so my, my question for you is, when you first started trading, uh, were you... Uh, gathering a lot of your information from Twitter or using other resources like Investors Hub or just like good old fashioned due diligence? Uh, like where was your community at? So first I started off at Investors Hub and I, I discovered some stock and I would, I would just post some different boards, this and that. I mean, in the beginning, right? In the beginning, I really thought every stock was real. Whatever the news was, I really thought it was real. And I would go tell on the board because it was like, really, oh, this is amazing. This is it, guys. This one's really nice. It's going to be nice. And then some guy messaged me this and that. And he kind of told me a little bit about it. And he said something along the lines of, you know, this has been my strategy. I've been trading for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And his strategy was to buy before others, which kind of was mine because I learned early on, you know, I. I took trade in sophomore, soft, sophomore or junior year, and I was all right in math. And so, you know, basic things, hey, you fucking buy a stock at a penny, it goes to 20 cents, you're up 20%, you know? And um, so I already had that mindset, but I learned a bit. I met folks on iHub. Um, there's breakout boards, most read, most posted. And noticed, you know, whichever had more eyes on it, you know, that's, that's the one that was going to get the dollar volume. And I also learned about Twitter at the same time, a little bit later, but I was early on, I was a bit more active on iHub. And now I don't, I don't really spend much time on it as much. Yeah, Rich, I kind of relate to that because myself as like a newer trader, like when I bought into INCT, I purely bought in because I listened to the interview with Stan, the trading man and the two, uh, the two owners who was a father-son duo. And I was just convinced on like, I believed everything they were saying. And then they went current and they had like a hundred million or I don't even remember what it was, it was something insane. It was like billions of convertible notes and dilution. And then the stock just kept tanking. And I was like, wow, I guess you can't really uh, believe everything you hear. And that's when I really started uh, <clears throat> kind of shifting towards your strategy, kind of tra trading stocks here and there but ultimately putting them into like one or two tickers that you really believe in. And I think that's really the way to go. But going off of that, like when you put your money into like one or two tickers, like starting out, were you ever like really highly convicted and then you lost a bunch of money on one or have you kind of always had success with your high conviction stocks? So the first stock I was in that was really sold on i did my research on and this was intk now before i would go all in dude i'm gonna know the ceo's name his wife his children where he fucking lives what his cell phone number is i'm gonna google map his house and everything just the way it is when i'm gonna go in um to where i see a lot of potential you know so the first one was intk i really fell for it now i i 
long story short, I was several hundred percent in profit in this stock, but I ended up breaking even once I realized this guy's a complete fucking scam, you know? And the thing is, he had really good story. So I emailed the CEO. His name was Stuart. I received a call from him on a Saturday at around six o'clock in the morning. So I was like, whoa. Now, this is when I didn't know any better. Oh, damn, the CEO called me six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday? My, fuck, this guy's working hard, dude. Fuck yeah, you know? I was in even more, right? Like, and then eventually I, I just learned, you know, the guy's a fucking scammer, you know? And uh, he's just diluting notes in the open market. I think, <laughs> you know, I can't say for sure. I think he has an account on Twitter and on IHUB as acting as an investor, and he just private messages other people and the Kool-Aid is strong. So after that, when I got out of, the second one I was really in was T-Rep, T-R-E-P. It's a great stock, but the CEO doesn't give a fuck about the share price because he's comfortable. He used to have a house in San Diego, a uh, couple of acres, like a over a million dollar house, multi-million, and he's comfortable now. I got the, I got the phone number of the chairman. I talked to him. His wife had a business in the city I used to live in, California. He's a really good guy. He cares, but the CEO didn't care as much. You know, it, I, I tried really hard. I mean, it's an amazing company, but long story short, I made a profit off of it, this and that. Now, VMNT, I had discovered in 2017 or 2018, and but there was no liquidity. I got in it. I held it for a while. I sold it for a small loss. I got out. Now, when the volume came in on VMNT, what I looked at first was the filings. The stock was at around, you know, three, four, four, five cents. I kind of got in. And what I looked at was the filing. The CEO of the company got other people to invest in his company at 10 and 20 cents a share. So in that form, in that form, I was like, I'm already getting a fucking deal. So everybody that bought before, people that invested in the company before there was anything, they paid such a high price, you know, it's a given. So you got to buy it. The chart, the chart was clean. It had, you know, there was, there was, there was not much of a resistance, but at higher prices, but this was the highest volume it ever had. So in my view, that resistance didn't mean much. But when I went through the filings, it was so easy to read, so easy to read. So like in the beginning, there was a, like one of the things I learned was, uh, was how to read the filings now. I don't want to take credit for running the stock or anything. I didn't know any better. Like at first I was so, I believed everything I read so much. The first stock was PBY. I pulled a fucking 30 hour day. I created an iHub page. I think I made a YouTube video. I messaged a ton of fucking people and the stock ran several hundred percent in a day. See, the thing is I drank my own Kool-Aid. I did the research. I believed in it so much that I didn't take profits. I remember leaving $10,000 on the table. I think I broke even on it or I don't fucking know what happened. And oh my God, it was on a Friday and I felt fucking horrible after I left all that money on the table. Like 10 G's is not much now, but at that time it was a lot of money for me. And I just felt really bad because I was emotionally attached. And this happened often where... I drank my own Kool-Aid. I did my own research. I believed in it so much that I didn't take profits. And over time, I learned, you know, most of these companies are scams. And uh, just traded, made money, you know. Some of my highest returns on investments were as a trader in one day, where 
It, 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 I remember, okay, so this is when Bitcoin was first hot, first, not this time, but you know, two, two, two and a half, three years ago. Dude, there was a stock. The PR was, okay, so it, it, used, to, it used to be called the ticker orders RCGR. It was Rich Cigars. That's what it was called. My title was Rich, you know, my name. So I was like, ah, I fucking like that, you know? And the story was DJ Khaled was involved with the cigars. Now, that's why I initially bought that stock at like four or five cents. It had a really small share structure. And how I found out about the stock was there was news on it. And I was like, oh, let me read the news, you know? I read the news and they said something along the lines of this. They said, hey, we are thinking about investing $250,000 in Bitcoin miners. Now, they said something else, but then what they said was, we are thinking about investing. Dude, that fucking stock went up 3,000% in one day, bro. I had a 1,000% return. You know, I did a $100,000 day there, or in two days, I didn't sell them all the first day, over $100,000. The stock gapped up. I bought into it. I had $8,000. I went all in. A few days ago, I had transferred $4,000 to my bank account. I transferred it back right away. I had a really good relationship with E-Trade where even if my money didn't settle, they gave me the funds to use in the market. So when all in with 12 cents, my average was around 10 cents. Uh, the stock gap, it came back down and went up. The key was, guys, this is the key. This is how you make real fucking money, dude. If you come across something and you see the chart and you see the share structure, the key is to not sell early, bro. And what happened was I was the only one, okay, that stayed in it to where on iHub, I probably had fucking 500 comments that day on the page. I was just nonstop on Twitter all over the place. I remember this guy, Stockbala, he's a really cool guy or, or something, Stock Stars or something. He was in it. He sold it for a few hundred percent. And I was talking shit on him like, hey, bro, you fucked up, bro. This is going to keep going. And I mean, talk about an ecstasy or being high, you know, like, wow. I mean, I wouldn't have made that kind of money in two or three years. You know, I made it in about a day. And that really, you know, that was a big, big jump. And that was my biggest early on one of my biggest hundred thousand in a day days and oh man that was a great feeling yeah i feel like once you have a day like that it's like the heroin hits you you're like holy shit like this is better than any job you ever gonna have dude the thing is jimmy is that so luckily god made me this way that i'm not a flashy guy so i didn't really tell anybody you know i didn't post it on twitter i didn't tell anybody and the thing is is so after I got done, like, I mean, I got a, like, a little buzz going on. You know, I, it, I haven't realized it. Like, it's not clicking for me. I remember I was at Target. I met a coworker of mine. She, she had two children with her. And I always, like, like, I always, you know, engage with everybody. And in my mind, this whole time, I was just trying to process this. And I realized this later on that I didn't even ask her about her kids at all, you know? And it just it really affects you differently. Like, like, I'm so glad I wasn't a flashy guy on Snapchat or anything, you know, or I didn't tell anybody because the thing is, is when you make that kind of capital and like, you know, you dude, you get whatever you want in your life, kind of, you know, like just be flashy, buy something, this and that, go with, 
wherever the key is to not get distracted. See, the thing is, I, I want to share this one thing with most traders. It's like, if you make an X amount of money, right, dude, don't tell your significant other. Don't tell your mom, dad, brother, friends, whatever. The reason is, it's like, say you can handle making money. You can handle losing money, but can the people in your life also handle that? Like that will mess you up psychologically. I mean, talk about fake love, dude. You'll, everyone will be writing. You know what I'm saying? Like we see that on Twitter, you know, like, like people just, I, in my opinion, I think it's for me, it's, it's a good idea not to be flashy and not show off. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I agree a hundred percent. Cause I know, uh, like Jimmy told one of his friends about a ticker a few weeks ago and he ended up losing like a few thousand dollars. So it's, it's a weird thing because you can be confident in a stock and, you know, you can like it, but at the end of the day, like you're trading it and you're taking responsibility for that stock. And whenever you put that on other people, it's like, it's an, it adds more stress in your life that you don't need. It's already stressful enough trading. So whenever you know that family members and other people are investing, it's really, uh, really difficult, but I wanted to pivot off that. Uh, so like, I know you've made a lot of money in the stock market. Um, what do you what do you invest in outside of uh, stocks? So, um, little story you want to say. So, so twenty nineteen, the the taxes I had to pay from 2019, 2020, I was in a stock. It was just dead money. I was so broke, dude. I was crying to God, like you know, help me out. And one thing I want to say is like, you really want to manage your risk. You want to take some money out. But I was the guy. I was the guy when I initially started, I was like, look, I'm a nurse, you know, I can make a decent living. Either I'm going to go fucking all in, make a lot of dough, or if I fail, then fuck it, I'll work out the job, you know? So for a, for a long time, I've been kind of all in. Like I've been just, I mean, this is not what the books say, but I've been all in. So 2020, I was kind of broke, right? I mean, I had money, but I owed taxes to the IRS. And that's one thing new traders need to keep in mind. So in 2020, you know, the market's been great. And I, I bought my first property. <clears throat> it's about 160 acres with a nice place to live. And my backyard is a national forest. Uh, my property's already gone up several hundred percent in value because it's the place to be. And that's the first thing I bought. Um, two, you know, I've cashed out on a truck, this and that. I have a minimalistic kind of lifestyle um, for about a year and a half, about a year and a half left to have enough capital in a bank account to make my payments no matter what happens in the market and I have some savings. Um, but right now I'm kind of all in, dude. Like it's a big risk, but DMNT is that fucking special. I delayed my taxes for the IRS till August and uh, I'm kind of all in right now, dude. And um uh, and I'm feeling very confident in this too. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you want to talk about BMNT, I think you and Neo were some of the first guys that put me onto it back in the summer. And I was relatively new to trading at that point also. Um, I had been doing a lot of options like that year and the year prior, and I'd lost a shitload of money. I lost like 30 grand, which at the time for me was a lot of money. Um, and I was like, all right, I got to reevaluate my strategy. I saw BMT. I was like, Vietnam, like Southeast Asia is the place to be. And this guy seems legit. Saw the DD that you guys were posting. I read the filings as well. Super tight share structure. And, you know, it's been pretty nice since the summertime. And I think uh, coming up, we'll have some 
very positive news coming there too. Um, so you said like before, when you invest in a ticker, you love to like just know the CEO, you know, know their wife, you know, where they live, things like that. How important to you is Tam's Twitter profile in you investing in the stock? Oh shit. Can anyone hear me? I think, uh, I think Rich. Oh shit. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you can hear me. Yeah. Dude, my freaking phone connected to the Bluetooth in my truck, so I wasn't able to hear you guys. So oh, shit. I don't know if you guys heard my whole story. <laughs> Did you hear what Jimmy said or no? No, I did not. Please ask your question again. All good. Um, so I was pretty much rambling. I was talking about how I uh, discovered VMT over the summer in 2020. Um, and I was like trying to reevaluate my strategy to trade since I lost uh, a lot of money doing options before, since that's, you know, they, they could expire worthless. Um, and I say before, like you were very into knowing the CEO, knowing his background when it comes to investing in the stock. I was just wondering for you, how important is Tan's Twitter account in investing in VMNT initially, <clears throat> even to this day? So one of the things I heard, like watching folks that really made it, like not in the market, but in general, they made investments, made a lot of money. What they say is that, hey, I'm not really investing as much in the business idea so much to as I'm investing in the person, right? I'm putting my money on that person. So what I liked about Tan was this guy fucking lives in Newport, California, dude. It's like one of the best areas in California. That's where the old money is, right? So like, he's already there. Then um, JC, see this later on, I learned JC. A um, couple of the guys that met him, turns out he freaking, uh, you know, lived through the Vietnam War and stuff. He survived that, he came here. So kind of. Kind of self-made to where his parents, you know, he, he wasn't born into wealth and he became successful. And that just, that just spoke integrity to me, you know, um, and just reading the filings, it spoke integrity to me. Now I found out where he lived, <laughs> of course. So I was like, hey, he's got a pretty nice fucking house, you know, so he's doing all right. And, um, and then I, um, and then I just looked through the filings to where it was so easy to read. You know what I'm saying? There was no dilution notes in there at all. And uh, I hadn't seen anything like it because, you know, in the market, right? People, someone talks about some story. Obviously, you look at the chart first. Two, you, you know, you look at the share structure. And three, there's a story behind it. And it just, it clicked everything. Like he, he, his website was about AI or something initially. Now the website has changed, of course, but it just spoke to me. Like a lot of the stuff, like for example, that stock, I first made a hundred thousand on on the first Bitcoin pump. For me, man, it's really about intuition. You know what I mean? Like if I feel it and intuition to me, like you can't read about, you know, it's like common sense, either you have it or you don't. And for me, it was really intuition. And uh, a lot of this, uh, this other buddy of mine, he, he kind of like, he was annoying to me for a while because he kept saying, you know something, you know something, you know, I'm like, no, dude, I just like the fucking filings and I like the story and, you know, there's no dilution notes. And the thing is, this guy's been trading for a while and a lot of folks do trade. They've been trading for a while, but dude, <clears throat> They don't, I mean, I'm not talking shit, but most of these guys don't really fucking read the, uh, the filings at all. And if they do, they can't see the notes, you know what I'm saying? And that's what made this stock so amazing. 
that's why I kind of stuck with it, you know, and there was a certain, certain news would come out to where, okay, this guy's really about it. Like I'm really excited about the gold deal, which, which really made me held. Cause I'm going to be honest, dude, when our stock was at 30 cents for like four fucking months, dude, it was, it was really like, it was a little stressful, you know, cause I, the thing was, is I was leaving a lot of money on the, on the, on the market. Like, sure. I was trading some other stocks while everything was hot, but I wasn't going in heavy and I'm all about going in heavy, you know? So, you know, it just, yeah. So I guess we'll just dig into Vimonti a little bit more since we have you on. Um, I know we were talking about a tan possibly doing a forward split. Um, Do you think that's actually going to happen or what what do you think Tan's strategy is? I know he said he wanted to go on NASDAQ. So, right. Right. So, you know, the thing is, is I've, uh, I've gotten my message across to him. That's why we had a team meeting to where I try to convince everybody to also email, right. Call them, whatever, get the message across to him. See, the thing is initially, look, man, back in the day, the, the coolant in the OTC was always, Hey, the stock's going to NASDAQ. The stock's going to NASDAQ. Like, yeah, we fuck. If you go to, if you go from the OTC to the NASDAQ, you made it. You know what I'm saying? You made it. You're gonna make, have good returns. Everything you made it right, and um, and that was really good. But what's happening now is I feel like more and more traders are coming from dollar stocks with the crypto stuff too, right? From pennies to moving to dollars. Like we've seen a lot of dollar volume in OTC. More and more money is coming to the OTC. Now, what makes this fucking company so unique is the reason I would like a forward split is, look, all the money is coming to the OTC. We got a QB fucking stock, right? Our stock is going to be SEC reporting. This guy is doing everything by the book. Everything is accomplished. Everything's he's not making it public, right? For whatever reason, he has partners or whatever who's funding him. They want to release the news after we are SEC reporting. So it's considered more legit and maybe some hedge funds going to buy in like live trade or something, whatever. So the reason I want to forward split for this company is like that stock APTY or whatever. Right. In my opinion, look, dude, play the chart, whatever, you don't know, make your money. But at the end of the day, it's, I'm going to just say it's kind of a fucking scam. Right. Because this compared to what Vimonti is doing, we are going worldwide getting everything like done by the book, you know, like what Vamonti has accomplished from my research, right? So how this is, so the initial business was Elon, he had 20, Vamonti had 20% stake in it or something. And the way that Elon worked is, so this is the same concept that's going to go to the Vamonti coin. It's very important to understand. What Elon does is they're in Vietnam. If a business needs money right away, they need a hundred thousand dollars right away because they got this major uh, they got this major order from across the country to make bicycles. See, if you ever did business across, across, you know, across the countries worldwide, it takes a while for money to settle, right? For us in the U.S., it's a little easier. You don't know how it is in other countries like Vietnam or Philippines or whatever. You don't know how it is, right? So what it is, is it takes some time for the business to get funds for whatever products they've delivered. They need money away. What Elon does is, <clears throat> what Elon does is, they bring investors and people that need money, like manufacturers together. If you had to go through a bank, it takes you months to get the funds. So what they do is they bring the two together. Elon's job is to 
is to do the due diligence on the business to where they can't lose money. And the way they do that is they see this business has been in business, they have inventory, they have hard assets worth a certain amount of money, and they bring an investor together and they take responsibility. So for example, if $100,000 was needed, Vomanti, uh, I'm sorry, Elon would be the market maker. They would bring the two together, they would make the exchange, and right away they would get three, four, or five percent of that $100,000 from bringing them together. Now, how much money the initial investor gets, that's an agreement that's going to be taking place from the manufacturer, the business, and the investor or the person giving the loan. They can say, hey, I want 10% return, I want 15% return within three months or something. So this was the initial business. Now, from my understanding, me clicking through, listening to every audio interview, everything that uh, our boy uh, Warren has said, from my understanding, what the Vermonti stablecoin is going to be backed and regulated by governments. What this coin is going to do is I, as an individual investor, will be able to loan money to anybody in the world. I could loan money to somebody in Vietnam. It could be $100, $1,000, whatever, or more. And in return, there's going to be some kind of agreement to where I'm going to get a return on my investment. So compared to cryptocurrencies, which are basically fucking share structures, that aren't being diluted like Bitcoin. It's just a share structure that people agree on. That's all it is. And sorry, off topic. One thing I don't like about Bitcoin is there's one account that holds like fucking 20% of the Bitcoin, 15 or 20%. They can, they can end it while you go to sleep at Christmas night and you wake up in the morning and the fucking coin's down 50%, you know? So for me, that reason, I'm not into that as much, right? I'd rather just use stocks. So anyways, what makes Vomanti's coin so unique is I think I've heard and say something about it, it may be backed by like, you know, gold or something, because as Vomanti is this, it's, it's, it's a holdings company is what people need to understand. If they see a business that's doing good, they're going to get money and they're going to buy a percentage of that uh, business. So would, would the Mali deal potentially happening, this guy's going to be he's going to own a part of a business that mints gold and mines gold, you know, and that, that speaks to me that the stable coin can will likely be backed by gold or silver, or it's definitely going to be backed by a fiat or the U S dollar. It will be backed by the Chinese yuan or the Euro, depending on how, how, how they likely go forward. And the thing with me is if I make a lot of capital, dude, I don't care about making a return on investment. I just want to keep my fucking purchasing power, right? So I don't want to be in, you know, a U.S. bank is only going to secure you for $250,000 or $500,000 like E-Trade, right? So I'm interested in something like that. People wanting to maintain their wealth, maintain their purchasing power will be interested in the Vomanti stablecoin. And one of the guys that's helping design it is the CEO of Stably. And I listened to this guy's interview. You know, I consider myself think of myself as being a good trader, this and that. The CEO of Stably was fucking writing code to trade futures and commodities and all kinds of other stuff. So like, you know, this guy's the real fucking deal, man. And Lamonti is special because see, here's another thing I want you guys to understand, right? So the second, the third quarter of 2020, the CEO sold 1% of his holdings of the OS. He can buy the book rule 144, all right? He did that. But this is what I really like. The, the fourth quarter of 2020, the first quarter of 2021, and the second quarter of 2022, 
This guy has not sold a single fucking share, dude. He would have made over $1.5 million. And the thing is, he can continue to sell shares on the open market every quarter. So he can make millions of dollars just selling. But why is he not selling? Why is he not selling, right? He's, if, if he's not selling his shares, in my eyes, he's putting that money into the market, you know, at the end of the day. And <clears throat> that really sells me. I've never seen this before in the market. So I really fucking like that guy for that reason. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> from my standpoint, the way I look at it is Southeast Asia is going to be the fastest growing economy in this century. The 21st century belongs to the East Asians, in my opinion, all those nations over there. What the stable coin from Monty would enable you to do as a retail investor in the United States is you can actually tap into that economic growth. And I don't think there's many products that you can really do that unless you're an accredited investor with a shitload of money and you can send your funds overseas and have it done that way. But this is the way for more common man to get into it. And I think it'll be, you know, I think there's a lot of potential there for sure. Yeah, Jimmy, I want to say, you know, I didn't think of it as, as that much. I thought of it in the form of like what Elon did, we can do. And, you know, what makes real sense is imagine you connect with somebody, YouTube or Twitter that lives in Vietnam or that part of the world. You can possibly, I'm sure they'll do this to where you can possibly buy into the business. Maybe, right? Maybe they can do something like that right now. What a stock is, is you're buying a small percentage of a business. Now imagine skipping the stock market and you're fucking going directly. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, this is a beginning to where they'll have attorneys involved and whatever. You can write up contracts. And yeah, that I really like, Jimmy. I, I didn't even think about that, buddy. Yeah, and I think that the like team that uh, Tan has assembled, uh, particularly Warren, he's someone who's really knowledgeable and, you know, he has experience working with Stably. And like you said, the founder of Stably, Corey, he is uh, just a wizard. He's a wizard. Creating algorithms to trade futures is no small feat. He's made so much money and he's so young. Um, and you know, launching this whole project about, he's basically creating stable coins for other companies. It's quite the massive undertaking that he's taken on. And the fact that Warren was part of that team now with Monty speaks right. to me. And you right. look around the world today, like central banks now are uh, researching the concepts of implementing their own digital currency. This is, I think, how the world is going to be operating the next 10 years. Yeah, so I, is the Fed too. So is the federal government. Yeah, well, the Fed is a central bank. Yeah, like all the central banks, they're all like, researching this idea and i i think that my, my, my personal concern honestly is i think the idea of digital currency is like bad <laughs> like in regards to yeah, that. um but i also don't want to fight it i might as well make money off if i think this is the trend that's going to be um and i think vermonti being an sec reporting company releasing <clears> a stable coin first publicly traded company um uh, with a stable coin that actually will have a real world implication i think will be a massive deal in very short order i'm very excited <laughs> Jimmy, one thing I want to say is this is what Facebook tried to do and they fucking failed, bro. See, the thing was Facebook was a social media company and then they're going into finance, right? And then they're like, wait, you can't do that, whatever. Well, Tan's been in the finance fintech business for a while. This is how the company started. This is how they're listed as a fintech company. And then also being so, you know, like they got, they're, they're such a small company to where they don't have too many eyes on them. 
So they're more likely and they're doing it. Like some of the folks on the board, I forgot the guy's name. Um, he's, he was like, a, he works for the SEC or he worked for the SEC to where he's an advisor now. He's on the board. So Tang's doing everything by the book. Like if this guy just wanted to make the stock go up, he would have released the PR, right? He didn't. He's saying, hey, we got to do this by the book. He could have been selling shares. He didn't. So that right there, I've never, I've never seen in the market before, you know, and that's what makes it so special. And when this guy tweets, right, it's like, so a lot of companies will start tweeting and start pumping and you can kind of tell it's just a retail trader with a fake fucking account doing it. Like you can't even think what Tan says. He's so eloquent with his words. Like I couldn't even say what he says, dude. So it just, it just makes Momonti that, that special. And here's the crazy part, dude. I remember looking at the float at one point. It was 25 and a half or 26 and a half million. I remember looking at it on the OTC market. In one of their latest filings, it's 21 million something. So, like, did they buy out somebody from, you know, I don't know. That's a decrease. Yeah, those filings are definitely interesting. Um, just one other thing I want to add, like you said, yeah, Facebook tried to do uh, a stable coin through Diem. Um, and they're trying to launch it again at the end of this year. One thing that uh, Tan and Warren love to stress about is the whole idea of the ecosystem, right? Where they have this fintech platform already in Southeast Asia, a nation that is much more, Vietnam, a nation much more prone and likely to utilize the technology of blockchain due to the fact that there's a, a population that's underbanked um, and financial, traditional financial institutions are not as accessible. Um, so having that platform already combining it with the capital they'll get from the West when the stable coins released. It's just, I think it's like a marriage made in heaven. It, it just works out too nicely. And the way I see it, it is something that can't really be replicated by another company. Like you see all these other companies, they have like stable coins being created, but they don't have an SEC uh, regulated entity that the Monty will be. And they also don't have a use case for them other than they're on a trading platform now. You know, right. there is a fucking joke. It really and, is. And one thing I wanted to say was that uh, I remember on Benzinga interview, Tan said something along the lines of they've acquired a company in Southeast Asia that has a, I don't, I don't remember the number now, but it already has a couple million users. So the way I see it is like, if they have such programmers like Warren by his side, dude, like why couldn't they create a fucking crypto exchange it's just a software that's all it is and he's got the code writer like what it just they have everything dude like from the research i've done they're really good with their software and they have it all and they're doing it by the book you know like looking at our chart right let's let's just let's forget the fundamentals for a second looking at our technical analysis right now dude when the stock went from 30 to 40 40 to 60 cents and it stayed there for about two days Bro, talking about technical analysis, that fucking stock went to $2.70. I fucking, I stopped selling. I should have been selling there, but it just went parabolic out of nowhere. When we get this now, this with the news, see, I'm really hoping we get a forward split. Even if we don't, it's still going to fucking go through the roof. The guy's already said, we're going to go to uh, NASDAQ via SPOC. That's going to help them raise even more funds. But <clears throat> let me say this, if we can get a forward split, it would be a godsend, a gift from God. Reason being is we're going to be the only fucking company that is SEC reporting without a zero fucking dilution note. QB with the real fucking business, a real stable coin. 
and we're just gonna fucking shit on the entire market, bro. What Humble's doing right now, whatever, dude. I read their filings, bro. They have like 250 million shares per CEO, per his fucking someone helping promote him, 200 million, someone else, 100 million, his family members, 250 million. Dude, they're gonna just make, they're, they're just, you know, I, people are emotionally attached to it, whatever. I'm not gonna say anything else. We are gonna fucking shit on the entire fucking OTC market in the form of return on investment. And we're gonna hold those fucking gains because the company's only gonna grow, grow, grow. This is once in a lifetime investment wealth type of stock. And the thing is, look, man, and the thing is, a lot of folks aren't being a part of it. That's fine, you know? And we, the ones that are taking the risk now are the ones that are gonna be extremely rewarded. Like a while back, Look, man, I like to keep it peaceful, but some cocksucker called me a fucking insider trader and it threw me off mentally because I got really angry. The next day I came in, I went really heavy into SYPR and I, I kind of got into a friendly argument with this ripster dude where he was shorting and I just got really like hyped up, you know, and I shouldn't have been. I was emotional. That's why I'm holding that bag. SYPR, amazing stock. But one thing I want to say is, dude, there is not a single fucking company like MNT. And once the form 10 is in, and it's game time, bro, I'm going to be active. I'm taking about three months off, but I'm going to get real fucking active, dude. This stock's going to move like no other, period. Yeah, Rich, that was kind of one of my questions. And I want to make it kind of broader so, like, newer traders watch this can understand. But, like, lots of times when I enter a stock, right, and they say there's an upcoming catalyst, not always, the catalyst doesn't always raise the stock price. You know, sometimes it'll go down because people saw the news before. So like with Vamonti, from what I understand, the difference is that once the form 10 is dropped, then it's going to introduce institutional investors. So it's almost like the retail investors, yes, they matter, but it's the institutional investors that are really going to drive the stock through the roof. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, exactly. See, one, one thing people think is that it's like the Mimi stocks like AMC or this and that, Jimmy, they think retailers are moving their stocks. No, bro. We don't have that kind of money, bro. It's institutional investors that are moving this stock. I mean, these stocks are having hundreds of millions of dollars in dollar oil. It's not the retailers, bro. It's really big money that really moves it. And see what makes, so this is one thing I'm just going to, I know you guys are in this stock, GGII, you know, you guys taking a loss or you made profit, whatever it really went up. See, one thing I want you guys to understand is when that stock went up, it got top heavy, sure. There wasn't much bid support, but there was also dilute where it fell on its own weight continuously. Lamonti is holding because there's no notes in it. And once we see the CEO said something about there's either Warren said it or something, there's multiple PRs already ready to roll, but they want to wait till his SEC reporting. And that's what's going to give it the validity. Like we're not like every other stock, you know what I'm saying? And and we're legit. So that, I, I just know for a fact that the stock's going to go ham because ain't nobody going to sell. For my, also doing some research, Vietnam is the fastest growing country in the world because businesses from China are moving to Vietnam because their labors are going up. Trump put some tariffs up, this and that. So more and more businesses coming to Vietnam. I mean, Vietnam, their whole, they have so much of the shipping uh, shipping access to it's all ocean on the side, right? The factories are ha don't have to move too far away from China. It's just they can they can 
if, if certain, a lot of Western countries are starting to question China, hey, this and that, they have too much advantage. All they have to do is come to Vietnam and, and Vietnam is great. They have everything, you know what I mean? They have political stability and uh, it's a great place to be. This is, this is a company at the right time, right time, right price. I say like, I want you guys to understand this. Okay, my average is 31 cents. Say I'm up, you know, 100, 200%, whatever. Bro, I'm not fucking holding this stock because 100, 200%. I want to make 10,000 fucking percent, dude. This is it. I've spent, at one time I used to trade futures. I used to spend 23 hours a day in my room, dude. I'm done. I'm done trading. You know, maybe I want, I'm going to take a company public in the future, but I, you know, this is it. I want to be done. Like these past three months, I've been holding the SYPR bag. It was like the greatest gift. I really started living life, setting my place up, just enjoying life. And, and that's what I want to do. And, you know, you don't want to be a trader forever, you know? shit you want to be an investor dude your money multiplies while you sleep without anything and and uh i'm i'm staying in this stock because this is it this is my finale i'm i'm done after this you know at least for some time right yeah no i get that um if i just want to speak to the monty fundamentals really quickly again one more time just because i mean this is my fucking i love this thing it's like my baby right now but um back in the day rich we had a mac instead of these photos and i love to point out things on the mac so if we had the map still, I would point out that Southeast Asia and Vietnam, there's hundreds of millions of people in there, 100 million people in Vietnam alone. There is a massive population that's going to, like you said, they're experiencing rapid economic growth. I believe the GDP growth is forecast to be like 6.7 to 6.9%. That's a phenomenal rate. That is, if we had that in the United States, we'd be on fire. Um, so they're still growing. Like you said, there's a lot of political stability. Um, there's like a sense of, there's also like the education of the population is improving dramatically. Um, the supply chains out of China are moving there. It's a great opportunity. One thing I also found out uh, recently, because Warren, they're talking about in the summer, they're going to release the remittance platform where people can send money back to their, uh, their families in foreign nations. Um, in El Salvador, they just made Bitcoin a legal tender currency. There's every, the two currencies of El Salvador, the US dollar and Bitcoin. <laughs> Three out of every $10 in El Salvador is brought there through remittances. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. I didn't like really appreciate this when I first found out. I was like, oh, remittance. Like, I, didn't, I, I don't know. It wasn't something I've ever done. I didn't really know how valuable the market is. But it's insane. And I just think once that platform comes out as well, it's just going to be a cascading effect of snowballs of just more and more avenues for the company to grow and get into. And uh, I find it very exciting. I just wanted to <laughs> Uh, one thing I want to add is, dude, Lamonti has has the capability of becoming like fucking PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and so many others all in one, you know? And it's just the potential is just, see, we got everything on our side. There's no dilution. If the stock is holding at a fucking dollar without any news, bro, it's because everyone's a believer. And what makes this stock so unique is that we don't have people that are going to say dump or are traders, right? We got investors in this stock, bro. When you're going to be surprised at how little volume it takes for this stock to just fucking just go. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Um, anyway, so we usually like to keep these spent half an hour. We went about like 50 minutes now. <laughs> um, I don't want to take too much more of your time, Rich. I appreciate you coming on and just sharing us with your insights. Uh, Luke, do you have any last second questions? Just want to get one more thing out there or? No, I, I think I'm good with questions, but 
no, Rich, I really appreciate you coming on. We definitely got to, uh, we got to have you back on after the uh, after, after the form 10 and maybe if we, if we get a forward split, then we definitely got to do this, dude. Um, yeah. The thing I want to tell you guys is, dude, what the way you guys are doing this is amazing. I'm sure your channel's going to really blow up and uh, just keep at it, dude, because just go for quality content over whatever else and just keep doing what you guys are doing. I think it's amazing. Thanks, man. Appreciate you saying that. Thanks, sure. Hey, thank um, you. For all right. Yeah, yeah. we'll end it there. Thank you, Rich, so much and, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Fragile.